whilst it has been incredibly beneficial, I do think it, it was a learning curve for a lot of a lot of businesses. Some may now say that they were very pleased to have been able to have furlough. I think some businesses have, have realised they didn't really actually need it. Hello, I'm James Marriott and welcome to the Unlimited podcast, Connecting Business Across South Yorkshire. Every month we bring you exclusive interviews and we get under the surface of the stories that you read about in the Unlimited magazine. Now, the end of September means the end of furlough. Now, it's a word that most of us have probably never even heard of 18 months ago, but now firmly in our vocabulary. But what is happening and what does it all mean? Well, we'll find out in a moment. Also this month, big news. The Sheffield Business Awards are back and they've had a pretty amazing facelift. Later in the show, we'll find out all about them and the new Unlimited and Sheffield Chamber partnership that will be bringing them back for 2021. The Unlimited podcast is hosted by Captivate.fm, the easiest way to create and distribute your podcast. And it's produced and edited by Sound Media. Visit wearesoundmedia.com. If you'd like to find out more about how a podcast can help your business grow, we can help you do that. Just drop me a line, james at unlimitedbusiness.com. That's james at unltdbusiness.com. Right, first this month, all change. So what next as furlough comes to an end? Hello, I'm Hannah Haywood. I'm an employment lawyer at Bayani HR and Employment Law in Sheffield. Hannah, thank you very much for joining us on the Unlimited podcast. So, furlough, it feels like it's been around forever now. It's kind of part of the the furniture, but I know things are changing quite significantly in September. So, just kind of talk me through if you would do as to, you know, what's what's happening with furlough. Yeah, so it at one point was a word nobody knew. Um, however, now, like you say, it is become much uh, more of a, a definite within our lives. But it is coming to an end on the 30th of September. It looks like it will disappear maybe forever. So, it, I mean, it has become part of everyday life. And it's a phrase that we now throw around as if it's been here forever. And I remember the first time that I was kind of like, furlough? What? Um, I, just, I mean, how how is it? I, I remember um, probably more than a year ago that it was initially announced that it would come to an end, and then it didn't, and then a, a new timescale was put in for it to come to an end. That, that obviously we've we've kind of stuck to, and that brings us to to this point. So, so how have things kind of changed with with furlough over the over the months and, and ultimately over the years? Yeah, so it first started in March of 2020 when everything started um, and that was set to continue um, until they gave an end date, really. They then introduced something called flexible furlough in July of 2020, which meant that people could work maybe two days a week and be furloughed for a three day a week if they work a a traditional five day week. This helped quite a few businesses, to be honest. Um, They then introduced decreasing contributions throughout the end of October in 2020. And it was due to come to an end um, in November 2020. They then announced something called the job support scheme. Um, We were all trying to get our heads around this. It didn't make much sense. And then it was scrapped. It was abandoned. There was a big U-turn, surprisingly. Um, And furlough was then reintroduced again at the 80% um, as it has been for the majority of the time really um, with flexible furlough being a permanent addition to that. They then introduced the decreasing contributions again in July of 2021 and then in August 
winding it down to end at the end of September this month. Um, so there's been a couple of ups and downs, an almost stop, um, and then we've we finally got to what looks like the end of furlough. Bumps in the road, I think, is the official uh, government terminology that we've heard a lot over the last yes. uh, 18, 18 months. So furlough coming to an end, wh- what do you think the impact of that is going to be? Um, hopefully it will mean a lot of employees returning to work. However, I think many employees have already gone back to work. It seems to be a topic that's fallen off the radar for a lot of our clients. Um, it's not as necessary as it was. Um, but what we are seeing is a change in what we expected to see. We expected to see a big mass return at the end of furlough and everything jump back to normal. That seems to have happened periodically and kind of slowly throughout the last couple of months, which may have also been as a result of the decreasing contributions that employers have been making. It's been costing them more to keep people on furlough, so it seems to be they've brought them back earlier. Uh, I know once upon a time uh, there was a prediction oh, when, when furlough ends there will be mass redundancies across the board and, and I find this really interesting because uh, in fact just, just last month on the Unlimited uh, podcast we were talking about the, um, the the crisis in recruitment at the moment and how difficult businesses are finding it to, to bring in staff. Is is mass redundancy something that you're expecting to happen? Are you, are you being asked that by, by clients? Not anymore. I think a lot of people looked at redundancies as an option quite prematurely because, as you say, it was predicted that that would be the case and there'd be mass unemployment levels. I appreciate there has been a number of people that have lost their jobs over the past 18 months. Um, But as an impact of the end of furlough, I don't think that's been as as connected really we were going out to clients advising on avoiding redundancies freezing recruitment drives looking at potential voluntary redundancies if people would be happier with those um all sorts of different options and as i say it doesn't appear to be what businesses are needing at the moment they're needing staff people have been very comfortable um within their employment if they are on furlough because that's a guarantee and there's not been many other guarantees throughout the past 18 months what, what kind of things are you being asked by, by clients then at the moment? How to get people back if people are not wanting to return off furlough. A lot of people are concerned, health and safety concerns. Things may have changed for them at home. If they now have people that they care for or have vulnerable people within their homes, they may not be comfortable returning to the office or the workplace. Um, so we've had a lot of change in job duties or alternative roles if we can keep people at home but still working or if we can separate people. So we've been advising maybe if you have an office space um, a rotor system so people are at home for a couple of days a week and in the office for a couple of days a week um, and just making sure people are comfortable and happy with what has been quite a significant change to their working lives. I, I find it kind of remarkable to think that there may there may be people out there who've been on furlough for you know, effectively the best part of 18 months um, and I, I remember kind of going back to work after two weeks holiday and kind of forgetting how to log on to the system and all that kind of stuff. So the idea of going back to work after such a long um, period, I'd imagine, is quite is quite daunting for, um, for for a lot of people. Looking back then over um, the the entirety of this period since March 2020, uh, kind of what from, from from what businesses are telling you, just how important has that furlough scheme been? It's saved a lot of businesses. It has been very substantial in in the assistance it's provided. 
Um, but also I think the, uh, the details around it, especially at first, were quite vague. A lot of businesses didn't know head and a tail of how to claim the furlough, who was eligible for the furlough um, and, and the issues surrounding it. So, for example, you are still classed as an employee and therefore you still accrue annual leave. So some people are returning from 12 months of furlough and have accrued 12 months of annual leave that the employer didn't know they were entitled to. They may have not known they were entitled to and it has caused some issues. Um, so whilst it has been incredibly beneficial, I do think it, it was a learning curve for a lot of a lot of businesses. Some may now say that they were very pleased to have been able to have furlough. I think some businesses have, have realised they didn't really actually need it. And we've seen some major businesses in the press that have, have returned their furlough money um, because it was, wasn't as horrendous as they expected it to be in terms of financial loss for them. What do we need to see now then from the from the government moving forward? We need to know exactly what needs to happen um, in terms of facts and details and the specifics because there were questions we were getting asked that we couldn't answer because we didn't know. We would watch the same government announcement as everybody else and be expected to have had some secret phone call from Downing Street that never came. Um, it, it was the details and, and how you actually go about um, managing your staff because they want to know. Everybody wants to know. Um, and at some point, I think the government didn't really know. So it was coming from the top, the kind of confusion and miscommunication, which didn't help. And obviously, you, you, you guys have been doing lots in terms of webinars and workshops and things like that. How has the role of, uh, of, of what you do and what you advise your, your clients and businesses on, how has that changed over the last 18 months compared to the work that you were doing before March 2020? It's been a learning curve for us. Um, there was a period of time we would have to be honest with our clients and say, we just don't know. We cannot answer that question for you. Um, so we did a lot of work together. Uh, we used to sit and watch Boris's uh, announcements and then decide between ourselves how we were going to go forward with this. Um, and I think, as you say, with the webinars, um, any anything online has been very well received, um, we seem to find with our clients. Anything they can log on to for free, just with a little bit of guidance, um, has, has significantly helped them. Um, and it's been quite nice to to reach people. And we've now got a much broader range of clients, not just within South Yorkshire, um, because it appears to be that you can do things remotely and businesses are happy to deal with people remotely, um, which means you can reach a wider audience, um, whether that be clients or customers or, or whoever it is in whatever industry. Um, so that's been a great, probably improvement for a lot of places. Uh, hopefully, you know, as we get towards the end of, of September, you know, businesses have a fair idea in terms of what they're doing, although I guess there's still plenty of uncertainty in, in terms of what the future looks like. How can businesses get more help if they need it? In terms of help from the government, it's it's limited. They have stated that they will be extending um, isolation benefits if people are having to isolate and not able to work. Um, what we've been advising is for businesses to conduct uh, an internal review themselves so they can sit and decide, do we need the same amount of, of space that we needed before? If people are working remotely or from home, does this huge office for 200 people really still need to be here? Um, 
how has our business changed, how it operates, how we reach people, there may be internal decisions that can be made that may then result in a, in a cost-saving exercise or if any restructures may be necessary. If you have lost people through redundancies, what is the best way for your business to continue? Um, it's, it's difficult to look for help externally. I think it may be easier to, to kind of look internally at, at any changes that can be made within the business. Brilliant. If there are any businesses that have got um, questions that you might be able to um, help with, are they kind of free to, to get in touch? Yep, absolutely. Everybody um, who needs us, we have we, every um, free consultation, your initial phone call will be free of charge. Whatever advice we can provide um, will be given. If there's then next steps, if you need documents, drafting, um, policies and procedures, that's all something that we can assist with. We've got brand new policies that we never needed before, um, such as returning from furlough or homeworking arrangements, things that had to happen instantly that we need to know the details of what happens in this event what happens in this event we've got those policies on hand we've got them drafted and ready to go for anybody that may need to implement them throughout their business brilliant hannah thank you very much for your time no problem at all thank you This is the Unlimited podcast and big news time because Sheffield Business Awards are back with a brand new look and I think this is the first time that the three of us have been in the same room in the flesh for many, many, many months. I've got Richard Fiddler, the editor of Unlimited and uh, a a familiar voice to listeners to the podcast, Dan Laver, uh, Unlimited's head of sales is here as well. Um, Rich, tell us all about it then. Well, we've launched the Sheffield Business Awards uh, in partnership with Sheffield Chamber of Commerce. It's been a long process of actually getting here because we wanted to do an awards probably for the past two or three years, really. And obviously because of uh, the C word uh, that we we don't really want to say, we've not been allowed to do it. Um, But finally, we've reached a point where we we can announce the awards will be on December the 9th at Peddler Market. And we couldn't be more excited. Um, It's going to be a fantastic night. Um, great for the city to get together and, and celebrate the success of businesses. It seems like such a perfect fit with it being Unlimited and the Chamber, um, you know, both different organisations and approach things from a different point of view, but bring those two together to do a business awards. It, it couldn't be more perfect. Well, when we launched, we, we really wanted to put a, a new face on business in the city. And I think we've we've managed to do that through through the magazine and through the, the website and social media. And, and the Chamber very much uh, changed their outlook over the last few years. Uh, they're very much more forward thinking, modern looking. Uh, and we believe that they also bring that... Um, uh, that, that kind of credibility as well. They're, they're a membership organisation. Uh, they speak for the Sheffield on a whole heap of matters. Uh, and I think we, we work together really, really well with them. Dan, I want to bring you in now to uh, tell us about um, some of the categories because this is kind of like, um, this is like Business Awards Reloaded or 2.0, isn't it? Because yeah, you it's, like a, just it's like a new Matrix sequel or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been really, really exciting uh, working with the team, especially at uh, Sheffield Chamber. Um, Sam, Lou, Alexis, Emma Jane down there to really come up with a bit of a new feel for the awards this year. Um, we wanted them to have the sort of prestige that goes along with being the Sheffield Business Awards, but we wanted them to feel a little bit more relevant to the city. Um, the, the truth is, or the truth that I suppose that, that I experience is this is not a city of men in suits anymore um, this is a city of people wearing jeans and t-shirts to an office crazy I know it sounds but it's um, it's it's a very different city I think and I think 
that's changed even more so in the past couple of years since we were last able to put on the awards. Um, so it's really exciting to come in with some new, with a new feel for it. We've got new awards um, like the Planet Saver. Um, sustainability is a bigger issue than ever. I mean, not just because of the impending net zero um, expectations from the government, but I think businesses and, and certainly younger businesses really feel pretty passionate about something like that. Um, that's an award that I really, really feel passionate about. Um, but there's also some new things in there that we think are a really, really good way of rewarding and acknowledging the cities, that the companies that are already in the city. Um, we've got a social impact award, which is an award that is judged exactly the same as any of the other businesses would be, um, but aimed at charities and social enterprises and, and the like. Um, I, th- I think sometimes charities can be forgotten and, and judged as the poor cousin, but they're not. They operate much more like small businesses, like like everyone else does. Um, they've got the same challenges, they've got the same um, targets, and I think that's really important to acknowledge that. And I think a competitive award that actually acknowledges the way that they run their businesses is really, really important these days. Yeah, I think the work that, that some of the charities do in, in Sheffield is just so commendable, so brilliant that they're being recognised as well. Um, and in terms of this kind of the new look to it it's it's a new venue um and it's um you know this kind of vision of people turning up in you know dicky bows and suits and and all that kind of stuff that there's a kind of a move away from that well you're quite welcome to turn up in a dicky bow i'll put that out there straight away <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with a dicky bow and if you feel like you want to do that we'd love to see your dicky bow um but but more than that i think it's about feeling relaxed um, I, I don't think we, we want to sort of stick to this sort of formal office feel anymore. Um, I think the venue, by by virtue of who, who it is, 90 Burton Road, there's, there's not much more of a more recognisable venue within the city these days. Yeah. And I think that says it all in and where it is. It's around the sort of industrial heritage of the city, which I think is really, really important. Callum Island is, is where a lot of the manufacturing businesses grew up. Um, so to be able to sort of go back there and take that industrial sort of raw Sheffield setting and dress it up with lots of bright colours, uh, uh, lots of heaters, I think that'll be necessary for December. Um, but yeah, to really sort of bring a Sheffield relaxed um, but exciting feel to it, I think we've got something pretty unique. So um, tickets aren't on sale yet. They go on sale when the shortlists come out. That's right. But in terms of um, entries, they are now open and there's a simplified process as well. There is. It's been stripped back a little bit. Um, You've even got the facility to enter with videos rather than sort of sitting there and writing a dissertation. Um, You're quite welcome to sort of record your words and and submit them that way as well this year. Um, We we wanted them to feel accessible. And I think the harder and more work you've got to put into an award, the less businesses feel compelled to do it. Um, Ultimately, we want to know why you think you deserve this award. And I think we've tried pretty hard. I think, Richard, you've been quite involved in that process to come up with an idea that lets businesses say what they've done really really well yeah awards are always one of those where you want to win them but they're very often difficult to um to get through the process but so we've stripped it right back there's just basically um two sections plus a video and we try to keep it as simple as possible just tell us really why why you should win the award and let the judges do the rest makes a lot of sense so if anyone does want to um, to enter or put their business forward what's the uh, what's the process what do they need to do they need to visit sheffieldbusinessawards.org.uk um, and that everything should be pretty simple from there there's a quick registration process um, but that lets you save your progress as well so if you haven't got hours and hours to sit there doing it you can also sort of just pop in the first part and come back to it later 
Brilliant. It sounds really, really good. Um, so get those entries done before the end of October, uh, and then all the details about tickets will come after that. I think it's going. It sounds like it's going to be a tremendous night. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, a very uh, welcome entry into the uh, the Sheffield social calendar, especially around December, where we know everyone likes a bit of a bit of a party and a bit of a do. Gents, thank you very much for uh, for joining me. Cheers, Lou. You're welcome. Well, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for the Sheffield Business Awards. Thursday, the 9th of December. If you haven't already put it in your diary, why not? Get it in your diary now. Thank you for your company this month. We are always open to your feedback and ideas for any future episodes. Please do get in touch if you think there's something that would sound brilliant on the podcast. The Unlimited Podcast is hosted by Captivate.fm, the easiest way to create and distribute your podcast and it's presented and produced by me, James Marriott, for Sound Media. Find out more at wearesoundmedia.com. And if you'd like to learn about creating a podcast for your business, then please do get in touch. James at unltdbusiness.com james at unlimitedbusiness.com now if you've not caught up with the current issue of the magazine then you'll find copies of it in places right across South Yorkshire or head to unlimitedbusiness.com take care and we'll see you next month Music